ever feel like you're not enough? Like you just, no matter how hard you try, you just can't meet the expectations of those around you. You just feel like you're failing. <laughs> like you just can't measure up. Or maybe it's the opposite and you feel like you're too much. Maybe you feel like after you leave a, a get together or a friend's house, you're like, oh my gosh, why did I talk too much? I'm just too much for those around me. I don't know when to stop. I don't know when to pull back. I just feel like I overwhelm a room. You ever feel like either of those? Yeah, on any given day, I feel like both of those. I'm not just one. Sometimes I feel like I'm not enough. Other days I feel like I'm too much, which is hilarious that the same person can feel both ways. How, how, like, how does that work? I'm growing and I'm learning. And as I pour into the word of God more and more, I just see that these are lies. This is Satan's way of holding you back, of not giving of yourself to those around you, of literally like stopping you in your tracks, going just If I just sit here quietly, then I'm not going to be too much. Okay, if I just do everything that everybody ever asks me to do, then it'll be enough. But of course, we know that in both of those scenarios, that's not healthy. That's not natural. That's not the way that we're meant to live. I've talked about before how we're meant to live in community with one another. Well, how can you be in community if you're just sitting there and trying to not be too much? How can you be in community the way that God has set it out for us if we're always trying to meet everyone's expectations around us? This year has been a big growing year for me. There's been so much going on in the world and in our hearts and in our minds. And I've been free from fear for so long. And yet with all the chaos, all the turmoil that goes on around us at all times, it starts to come back and you start thinking like, oh my goodness, I just, I can't do this anymore. This feels just too much. And then I pour into the word of God and I'm reminded every single time that I'm not only enough, but I'm just right. (laughs) I am the person that God has made me to be. And if I am consistently allowing him to pour into my life, then I'm just where I'm supposed to be. I talk a lot about identity and how our identity needs to be in Christ And it really is a game changer. And as I've been processing just a lot that's been going on, I I went through some old talks that I've done in the past. And it's amazing how that time years ago that I spent pouring over scripture and writing a talk that those very words would speak to my own soul, that God would use the words that I wrote that he gave to me years ago to speak to me at this time. 
And so I'm going to share from that talk and intersperse what's happening right now and how God is working in my own life. So this was a talk that I did where we were talking about, somebody was talking about the Father, somebody was talking about the Son, and somebody was talking about the Holy Spirit. And my responsibility was to talk about the Son. And so we read in the Bible, we see that the Father, God, He plans salvation, the Son accomplishes salvation, and the Spirit applies salvation in daily life. He accomplished salvation by leaving the Father's side, leaving heaven, which is kind of cool because in every other religion, we have to climb the mountain to get to God. But yet in Christianity, God comes down the mountain to us. He lives a perfect life and then he dies in our place on the cross and rises again. Why does he do this? A lot of us might look at Jesus and Christianity and just think it's judgmental that he's just judging us. And here comes in that thought that Satan wants to get in, that you're not good enough. And so we think that the church judges us and it keeps us away. We think we're not good enough for church. But yet in John three seventeen, this is what he did. This is why he did it. It says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. You see, it says here, it's not about condemnation and judgment. It's about setting us free. And then I start thinking like, okay, what are the things in my life that are keeping me from feeling free? What are the things in your life that keep you from feeling free? In all my years of doing ministry and as I've met with women, there's common themes that just continue to come up time and time again. And two in particular rise to the top over all my years of ministry. It doesn't matter the age. The top issue, the first one that women I find deal with in the Western world is anxiety. We stress about finding a husband Then we stress about having kids. Then we stress about the husband (laughs) and the kids, finances, you name it, relationships. I've seen this in my own life. I've shared before, um, I believe in second episode about my fear and I would sit up all night long. I wouldn't sleep at night. I would always have to make sure the doors are triple locked and double check. I feared death. I feared my mom and dad. I feared cats. (laughs) See, I was held captive by this fear until I finally gave up control. I finally gave my life wholly to Christ. I had chosen to follow Christ as a child, but it wasn't until I was 24 and in sickness, I realized that my life was not my own. I had no control. You see, it's not until we give up our control that we can find freedom. You see, the beautiful thing about Jesus is when he goes to the cross, he's actually sweating blood because he's so scared. You see, what we get in Christianity is not a distant God, but it's a God who's been anxious in our place. Luke 22, 44 says, And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. 
and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down to the ground. He felt it. He was afraid, but he prayed more earnestly. The second big thing that women face is the pressure. You ever feel like you're in like this pressure cooker? We feel pressure from the world around us to fit in. They tell us who we should be, what we should be, how we should spend our money. We spend so much time trying to fit in a mold that we were never meant to fit in. We try to be all things to all people. In the last few years, I've realized, I know it's crazy, but I'm not superwoman. God didn't intend me to be superwoman. He's like, Aaron, slow yourself down. You don't need to jump through all the hoops for people. You can be exactly who you are. And if people want you in their life and that's enough, then that is who will be in your life. You're not meant to meet their expectations. You're meant to meet mine. If we want to talk about molds, I'm in ministry, pastor's wife. I grew up thinking, oh my goodness, am I going to have to learn how to play the organ? I, I don't know how I even know how to play the piano. Please, please don't put that on me. I had a pastor tell me that I would be living in a fishbowl and everybody would be watching me. And Mark and I were like, wait a second. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Can we just backtrack this? Can we just reinvent this? What if I could just be me? Would that be okay? Will people actually like accept me if I'm just myself? I love it. I get messages all the time from people. Mostly I get positive messages, but I get messages all the time of like, you're a pastor's wife. You shouldn't do these fun videos. You should be posting scriptures. I'm like, what? We're, we're, all, we're all supposed to be like, Spreading the gospel, not just because I'm a pastor's wife. I'm like, I am, I'm literally a human being. But then on the flip side, I get messages from women who are like, thank you. Thank you for showing that I can be myself. Because I do these silly videos and I talk very openly and very authentically about our lives. It gives people permission to be themselves, which is what we all want. We all need to stop living up to others' expectations. And what we'll find is when our identity is in Christ, it's like an armor comes around us, like a Teflon, (laughs) and everything just starts to bang off of you. And you start to care less about what people say. It's our human nature to talk, talk about drama around, talk about each other. But when our identity is rooted in Christ, it's like, yeah, that hurts. I feel it, but I'm not going to wear it. My Teflon is going to push you off. I believe there's two ways that we can get through life. One is without the sun and one is with the sun. (laughs) S-O-N. Without the sun, what happens is when circumstances in life go wrong, 
when your husband cheats on you or you get a diagnosis. Maybe a friend says something that hurts you. Without the sun, I'm angry with God. I'm angry with myself. I think I'm a good person. I deserve a comfortable life. I deserve to not be sick. But then with the sun, when circumstances go wrong, I struggle. That's human nature. But I know that God might allow this for my growth and that he's going to exercise his fatherly love within this circumstance. I had a great example of a dad that showed me this love over and over and over again. You may not have that experience. You may not understand how a father can just love you within your circumstances and help you to grow. When I was 17, I used to model. I know you can't tell through the the screen, but yeah, I was a model and I went on one audition. I should have known that it wasn't going to be the big break, but I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I was told that I had to wear pretty provocative clothes, which was against my nature, but I'm like, no, no, I need to like start getting more jobs. This is, this is it. And my dad was like, ah, Aaron, this sounds sketchy. This doesn't sound like, like it's legit. And I'm like, no, no, it's fine, dad. Like my agent wouldn't send me on a job if it wasn't legit. And usually I would drive myself to the auditions. But that day my dad was like, you know what? I'm going to take you there. I'm going to drive and I'm just going to wait in the car. I'm like, okay, okay, fine, whatever. And I go up the stairs and I remember going up the stairs into this room and these two gentlemen are sitting there and the room is full of girls, girls from my agency, girls that I know, girls that I don't know. Girls that I know are like 13, 14, 15. They're with their mothers. saying that they're older. And the man hands me this book and says, just before we we start the audition, just take a look through here and make sure you're comfortable with this. I'm like, comfortable? What are you talking about? He handed me the book and I opened it and my jaw dropped to the ground. It was the most inappropriate photos, selling the most inappropriate, perverse stuff. I quickly closed the door, closed the book, put it on the desk and was like, uh-uh, no, uh, I couldn't even like formulate words. And I just ran down the stairs. And then I had to get back in the car and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's just going to let me have it. He's going to be like, yeah, you, you were wrong. You should have listened to me. But no, I got in that car and I told him what happened. And all he said was, you made the right choice, Aaron. I'm proud of you. You see, he allowed me to enter in. He could see the dangers, but I had my own free will. And he said, okay, enter in, but I'm going to be by your side. I'm not leaving you. And that's what Christ does to us. He exercises his fatherly love within our circumstances. 
What about when we're criticized? You ever been criticized? Oh yeah, I feel like I'm criticized all the time. It's just human nature to be criticized. But without the sun, when I'm criticized, I'm furious. I'm devastated because it's essential for me to see myself as a good person. These threats must be destroyed at all cost. So when I hear criticism, I'm going to push back a criticism. I'm going to fight to my death. But with the sun, when our identity is in Christ, when I'm criticized, I struggle. Of course we're going to struggle. Of course we're going to feel it. That Teflon doesn't mean that, like, literally you can hit a pan. The pan's still going to vibrate. It can't penetrate through, but you'll still feel the vibrations of it. You'll struggle, but it's not essential for me to think of myself as a good person because I know that my identity is not built on my performance, but on God's love for me in Christ. With the son, we recognize I'm not a good person. Only he is a good person. Literally, the whole point of Christianity is that we're sinful, so we needed him to be good for us. And here's the thing, everything that I've talked about isn't static stages of your life. Like you have anxiety or you care about the pressure of the world and then you become a Christian and you just don't have them anymore. That's not the way it works. I've been a Christian for many, many years. I live this out. My identity is rooted in Christ, but yet it will still continue. I need that reminder again and again and again. And what it is, is that in those moments, and they are going to come, that you either have nothing to apply to your anxiety or the pressures, or you have the sun. You have God and he sets you free. During COVID, I didn't even realize how much anxiety I was facing. My younger daughter was feeling the pressure We were in Paris when everything started to shut down in the world. We were heading back from Uganda on a missions trip, and we had to go through Paris for a few days. I had pre-planned it for the girls and I to have this special little time. And then Paris is shut down, and we would talk to people on FaceTime before we're leaving Uganda, and they're like, oh, you, you should just cancel. I'm like, I can't cancel. I have, like budgeted and planned specifically for this. I can't exchange this. This is happening. And on FaceTime in front of the kids with their well-meaning hearts, not understanding, my daughter's tics at that time were all facial tics where her physical hands would be on her face, around her nose, around her eyes, around her mouth. And people would finish the conversation with, okay, Well, go, just don't touch your face. Remember not to touch your face. Which, of course, only made her anxiety go higher. Which, of course, only made her tics get progressively worse. And this poor girl was in so much pain. She was in physical pain and then stressed about not doing it. And I looked at her and I said, Isabella... I said, God isn't surprised by all this. 
God isn't going to just wake up one day and go, what? I didn't know this was going to happen. Oh, man, you're on your own, kid. Like, no, he knows this. He has a plan for us within this. And so we are going to get on that plane and we are going to go there and we're going to continue to live our life in the freedom, knowing that God has us. He's going to walk through these circumstances with us. Yes, you need to be safe with it. Yes, we take precautions. But we're not going to live in fear. And as we came back and just stress around us kept rising, I didn't even realize what was going on. And all of a sudden, I just couldn't sleep at night. And I was up all night long. And all these anxieties would come in. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, what is happening? And I had to stop. And I'd be like, God, take this from me. I give this to you. I have nothing. I need you to come in on my behalf and set me free. You see, when I had fear and anxiety without the sun, all I have is to stare up at the ceiling in the middle of the night and go, please, please, please come out of my head. Please stop. Please stop. Nothing's going to happen to us. Nothing's going to happen to my kids. Nothing's going to, we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. And try to will it out. But instead, in those moments, when this fear and the anxiety comes back or the pressures of criticism and not living up to people's expectations come up, what I do have and what has saved me time and time again is I'm able to open up my Bible and I'm able to receive comfort from the Son, comfort from God. You see, we have something in the Bible that transcends our circumstances. We can find comfort in his words, in the promises of God. Luke twenty two forty four 44 says, And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Some days I have a hard time just digging into the word because my mind is all boggled up. I can't come out of my own thoughts and my own fears and my own anxieties. And so I turn on um, the Dwell app, which just reads scriptures to me. And slowly I just feel the pressure just wash over me. You see, I have two choices. I can either go to my Netflix shows, which I have in the past, which do nothing except for continue to appease my fears, my anxiety, my mind. Sure, it distracts me for a little bit, but right when I turn it off, they're right back. The thoughts continue to spiral. But when I dig into God's word, something happens in us and it changes us. And it grows us. This is the son's role. The father gives up his son knowing that he's going to die. We see this glimpse of the pain that God endured for us. And I am so thankful that because my identity is rooted in Christ, that I can be free. I can be free from anxiety. I can be free from 
the pressures of the world. I don't have to live up to the world's norms. You might not like me and that's okay. You may criticize me, but okay, let me think. Let me talk to God. Let me see. Am I right? Okay, I'm good then. And we can just leave it at the foot of the cross. So whatever's going on in your world right now, I'm finding like there's waves of anxiety that come with what's going on in the world. Turn off your social media. Turn off the news feeds, the Netflix. Whatever it is that's filling that that within you, remove it from your life and fill it with God. We thank you, God, for you are so good and that you can come in on our behalf for us. We thank you that you died on the cross in spite of us. So we just pray even right now as we're listening to this, as we're driving or doing dishes, whatever it might be, that we can find our identity in you, that we can search you. God, please help us, God, to yearn for you, to want you. We thank you that you meet us where we're at. And so we thank you for you are good. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Good, The Bad, and The Beautiful. If you're interested in homeschooling, you can follow along on my podcast, Homeschooling with Erin Clark. Please subscribe to both podcasts and it would mean the world to me if you could leave a five-star review. It just helps to get the word out. If you'd like to follow me in the Instagram world, you can follow me at Erin E. Clark or on my blog at ErinEClark.com. Until next time, have a fabulous day.